You're listening to Fish Food, where we present bite-sized accounting and entrepreneurship advice in 25 minutes or less. Keep listening for interviews, guidance, and resources for freelancers and small businesses. And if you enjoy, rate and subscribe to let others know about the gem you found. Now, let's get started. Hello, welcome to Fish Food, a podcast from Little Fish Accounting. I'm your host, Keila Hill Trawick, and today I am here with my good friend, Chassie Cooper. Good morning, Chassie. Good morning. So why don't we start with you giving me a brief bio about what you do kind of full-time and your passion project. Full-time, I am a managing editor at a marketing communications firm uh, right outside of Chicago. Uh, What that means essentially is I work on healthcare organizations, creating content for them, whether it's for, you know, print publications or digital, their digital online hubs. That's primarily where my, my focus is, is being able to create sound content um, that their consumers can engage with, that different stakeholders can can engage with, that really promotes the work that they do. Essentially, I am a full-time journalist in a way. Uh, Managing editor just sounds really cute. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) finally, I have the editor title. But outside of that, my passion project, it's evolved so much um, over the last few years. But currently, I would say my passion project is writing and specifically wine writing. So I have been a lover of wine for almost a decade, but it wasn't until about three or four years ago when I really started to take it seriously and want to learn more about it and then really bring in my love for viticulture and wine and tied into my talent for writing. So right now, it's just been an opportunity for me to explore wine and spirits and in the hospitality industry, but from a cultural lens and really focusing on, you know, how black and brown people move in the industry and what we're doing to really push push it forward. So I, I would say like just learning more about wine in that entire industry is really my passion project right now and and really being able to, you know, take the things that I learn and, and share it with others uh, around me. So that's that's kind of what where I'm at right now as far as passion projects are concerned. Very cool. And we'll get back to now, but let's go kind of backwards. And mm-hmm. when you first started working or from when you first entered the working world, is this what you thought you'd be doing? Tell me a little bit about you know, you got out of school and started your career. What were you doing then and what path were you on? Yeah. So when I graduated eight years ago, which, whoa, um, (laughs) I, I, um, I left school not with a plan, to be quite honest. So I graduated with dual degree in marketing and PR. And my first foot in the real world was taking an, uh, an internship in D.C., That was three months long. It was a summer internship. I thought that I was, you know, in school, I'd been groomed to like go into agency. Like, you know, when it comes to public relations, like you want to go into a PR agency, you want to move up the ladder, blah, 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 blah. I did three internships in the first nine months that I graduated from school and it came to pass. I was like, I don't really like being in PR agency. It's like, I don't like clocking my time every five minutes. And the funny thing, it's funny because now I'm back at a, <laughs> a marketing communications firm, you know, 
so many years later, but my the, the path back to it was just, you know, kind of all over the place. I, I was in nonprofit for a number of years doing communications and, and writing, uh, really focusing on social media. I kind of found myself in a little bit of a, a corner for several years, just doing social media for nonprofits. And I'm grateful that now it's like, I do a little, like my job requires me to do a little bit of that. But right now I'm focused on really just working that journalism muscle that I went to school for. And so it's, it's been like a, a really squiggly line. Honestly, there hasn't been a straight path because I've had so many interests over the last eight years and, you know, loving nonprofit and advocacy work and, you know, from focusing on climate change to education to so many different things that I've had the opportunity to work on. Eight years ago, had you, you know, told me that I would end up at an agency, you know, doing uh, being a managing editor, I probably been like, mm, maybe, maybe, you know, but I've, I've always had this idea, like I'm going to get into corporate and just move my way up. And it's just like, you know, some things don't, you know, always happen the way that you think they're going to. And I've been grateful that my outside interests have allowed me to create this unique path and, and really get jobs that, have been good for that time when they needed to be good for and really give me the opportunity to seek out different ways for me to become a better writer, to become a better communicator, to become a better marketer. So that's just a long-winded way of saying like, yeah, no, I had no idea when I came out of school what I would want to be doing. It wasn't like I went to school to become a doctor It was like you have this PR marketing degree, you know, two years after the (laughs) huge recession. And, you know, how are you going to, you know, make it as a journalist slash marketer? Like, and then I've had to just kind of take what opportunities came in front of me, create my own opportunities. And I think really in creating my own opportunities, I've been able to navigate this industry in a really cool way and, and really make create blaze a trail so that I'm able to be known for creative writing and communicating instead of just like, she's good for social media. And that's the only thing she's good for. So let's hire her. Now I know in kind of making this path for yourself and determining where you wanted to end up now, you've gone in and out of full-time entrepreneurship and full-time work. Tell me a bit about that, about kind of weaving back and forth between working for somebody and working for yourself. Yeah, so I think the it was what year was that? That was twenty. I think it was twenty fifteen. I want to say twenty fourteen. One of those years, um, I was uh, working full time and had an experience where I was laid off, and so I had to essentially to make sure bills were paid. I was living by myself at the time. So I'm like, I have rent to pay. I have bills to pay. I need to figure this out. So, you know, using those, that, that skill set of, you know, being a social media manager, I'm like, all right, I can find clients. I can, you know, do X, Y, and Z. And so for those four months, I, was managing my own schedule. I was finding work. I was, you know, making sure I was showing up for these clients that I had. And, you know, after that four month period, I mean, all the while looking for full-time work and looking for something that aligned with the, what I wanted to achieve. And so 
it helped because it it allowed me to become a better manager of my time. And that's something I'm always trying to get better at um, because I am a procrastinator by nature. But it, it was one of those things where like it, it, it wasn't planned. It just kind of happened. And I had to navigate it in a way where I tried not to panic, but it was like, all right, you have to make sure that you're bringing X amount of dollars in per month. Um, making sure that, you know, these clients are getting what they deserve. You know, once I started working again at the end of 2015, I had to, you know, have some honest conversations be like, yo, I'm not going to be able to show up for you in the way I was able to, you know, a couple months prior. So it, it's it's been interesting because over the, the years it's happened again. So when I moved from DC to New York in 2017, Another six week period where I'm looking, you know, interviewing for jobs, having to freelance. And, and that's kind of where, you know, the, the journalism card came into play because I was able to reach out to, you know, editors and friends that I knew in New York City to get temporary work so that, again, being able to pay rent in New York City and pay bills and do and go. So, you know, those, these small sense of, I would say freelance because entrepreneurship, like it, it's something I respect so much. And I respect people who are business owners and they manage their time and manage the time of others. They manage, you know, different clients and projects and things of that nature. I would say like just being a freelancer for, for those, those short stints of time definitely um, allowed me to appreciate the work that entrepreneurs do and, and how you have to, you have to hustle and, and you have to be able to sustain yourself and being able to just make it work and find the the things that work for you and, and not, you know, rely on, you know, stress or um, overthinking to, to kind of take, take over. So it's, it's been an interesting journey going in and out of working for somebody and then having those lulls when it's like, all right, I need to, you know, just, for six to eight weeks, grind and, and do what I need to do before this next job comes up. So it's it's definitely, it's, it's been one of those experiences. It's been experiences that have, have definitely taught me to be a better manager of time and, and, and make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm in a position where if it were to happen again, I, I would know what to do. Yeah, I think that's important. I mean, one, I think it's important that we know kind of our strengths and areas of opportunity when it comes to working for ourselves. Because like we've talked about, yeah, you have full freedom over your schedule, but that doesn't always feel like a good thing for everybody. Sometimes we need more structure or more consistency or more whatever that makes it so that one option is a better choice for us than the others. And I know that even within working for someone else, you've made a lot of shifts in industries, locations. You recently made a big move from New York to Chicago. How did you know when it was time to make those changes, whether that was moving from one job to another or moving across the country? Sure. That's a wonderful question that I probably have not really it's kind of like you know how people say when you know you know but it's there's so much more to that I feel like right for me and I'll I'll, I'll bring DC back in the the mix because I think that's really when it's I started to notice a shift it was the end of 2016 I had been in DC at that time for like five and a half years and the work that I was doing I felt 
for lack of a better word, stuck. I had been in this nonprofit and, you know, living in DC, you know, there's certain industries out there where it's like, you know, there's politics and government, there's nonprofit, there's education. And then, you know, there's a breadth of other things that you could get involved in. So for me, I was like in this nonprofit sector and I I just felt stuck. And it was after, I mean, you and I were together uh, (laughs) the night of the election and that those that month after the election, I was like, yeah, fam, this ain't it. This is not, I, I was like, I don't know if I could really stay in DC and work and do the work that I'm doing. Cause I was at the time I was working um, in climate advocacy and it was like a snap of a finger. We, the day after the election, it was like, all right, we got to fight back. I'm like, dang, I don't know if I'm going to fight. I don't know if I'm ready to like really make my, making my work to just be fighting all the time. So I had to really just have a come to Jesus moment and be like, all right, man, what's next? Like, you know, in your heart of hearts, like, you know, I respect activists and I, you know, I respect the people who've worked in that sector and who are really passionate about making sure that people know, yes, climate change is real and getting in front of the people in Washington so that they know is real too. But I was like, yeah, that's not my calling. So at the end of 2016, I remember sitting in my apartment and being like, all right, fam, next year is probably going to be the last year you'll be in DC. At that time, I had no idea where I would be going, what I would be doing. I was just like, all right, you know, I just kind of put it in the universe. I was like, 2017 is going to be my last year in DC. 2017 comes and I saw this job opportunity in a Slack group I was in and for a position in New York. And I was like, dog, that looks just like me. Like I could do, that's my job. Like I could do that. Granted, I was scared to apply because I was like, yo, it's in New York. It's in Brooklyn. Like, what? Who who does that? Who just picks up and leaves, you know, a life that they've known for six years, all these friends that I've made. And I was telling myself that I couldn't do it. So for a month, I just looked at I looked at the job opportunity. I for a minute I thought I was gonna move to Dallas. So I went down to Dallas, spent close to a thousand dollars for a weekend just to like, you know, see what it was like, you know in an Airbnb and having fun. And and I remember on my way to the airport back to DC from Dallas, I was just, I was like, nah, something just, it was just like a, a very still voice. Like, this isn't what, this isn't it. But you, you know, just, just trust that when you get back to DC, you will know what that next move is. And so applied for the opportunity in New York, got the job in a week before, and I don't think a lot of people know this, but a week before I was, I was supposed to move, I got a call from the woman who would have been my boss. She was like, Hey, how's it going? I said, yeah, put in my two weeks, you know, I'm moving. Whoop-de-whoop. She was like, yes, I'm leaving this company to go to another one, but your job should be fine. I was like, hold up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like, hold up. Wait, what? She's like, yeah, um, I'm moving on to another <laughs> organization. But, you know, in my at this time, it was a verbal agreement. I was like, yeah, I'll take the job. I had not seen any paperwork. I had not signed a contract. So when she told me that, I was like, all right, fam, we're not going to stress out. It's cool. So like she told me that on a Thursday and then Monday, because HR had been ducking and dodging me. And so Monday comes and three hours before I was supposed to talk to the HR person, 
I just heard the word rescind and I was like, all right, okay, cool. When I talked to her a couple hours later, she's like, yeah, so we're going to have to rescind the verbal agreement. I was like, oh, okay. I was upset. I remember calling my mom and she freaked out. And I was like, yo, it's cool. I'm still moving to New York. Like in, in, it was, it was that courage I had in that moment to be like, I'm still going to take this leap because it's, it's time. Like it is, I just, I knew I was like, I'm going to go to New York. I'm not going to, you know, stress or worry because I've been here before. I've been in a situation where like I had been laid off once before I got fired from another job. So I've been in positions where it's like, you don't know what's next, but you just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. So you got to do it anyway. Exactly. So August, 2017, packed up my stuff, moved to New York city, was there for two years. And the funny thing is the woman who, who was going to be my boss ended up being my boss. Cause she hired me at the company she went to. Oh, wow. And yeah. But then, <laughs> but then after a year, after a year of being at the organization, she approached me. She's like, yeah, like, I don't think this is a good fit. I was like, okay. She's like, so I'm gonna give you, you know, it, it was September of September last year. Yeah. September of last year. She's like, I'm gonna give you two months. You're still going to work here, but you know, start looking for other things to do. And so my goodness. Yeah. That honest conversation. I was like, okay. I, and I knew it was coming. Cause I was like, I'm not feeling this work. Like I'm good at certain things, but I'm just not, I'm not feeling it. Those two months passed and you know, it's been announced that I'm leaving and all, all this other stuff. I'm at a dinner and she texts me. She's like, Hey, I wish I would have called you to tell you that I got a job with Google. I'm leaving. I said, Whoa, 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 huh? I was like, Oh, so I'm on my way out. Quote unquote. What? Girl. Yeah. So again, these things have, I'm like, this is not real life. Like this woman is doing this to me. <laughs> Again, and even with that, because there, there, there's so much emotion and there's so much that comes with that. There's, there's so many feelings that come with that and feeling like you're being abandoned and you're not being treated right or, you know, you're not good enough. And so I had to do, I've had to deal with a lot of, of that in the last year, just like kind of, you know, undoing all those things and, and not, you know, believing those lies that I was, I was telling myself. And so she left, I ended up staying for a couple weeks after, because we, we there wouldn't have been a communications team. So she up and left, went to go work for Google. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll stay. You know, y'all can keep me on payroll. <laughs> and I'm still looking for a job at during that time. And so I found a job and that was the last job I had in New York. And I walked into that job and it, it just felt because of the way I found it, because it was just like, I have to, I have to find another job. I have to like make sure that I'm paying rent. I have to keep it going. Because of that rush and that, you know, anxiety and that angst going into that job, I knew at the top of this year, I said, okay, you did way too much to get here. And this environment is not conducive to where you want to go. This is not it. I remember telling myself two weeks after I started, I was like, this is not where you're supposed to be. But for right now, make it work. Mm. And I knew that my lease was up in July. And, and just kind of assessing everything that had happened in New York City, I was like, yeah, it's time to go. It's, it's time to go. So in February, I told my roommate at the time, I said, girl, look, I'm not re-signing this lease. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm moving 
back to Chicago. And I chose Chicago because one, yes, it's home, but it was also a place where I knew I could come and just be still for a bit. And and I knew I'd be able to find a job. I knew that my family was here, but it was also like, this is a place where I can reset and kind of recalibrate and like really get into a place where I'm like, okay, Chastity, what, what do we want to do next? What is it career-wise, personally, what do you want to pursue? I turned 30 in January. So it was like, it was kind of a, you know, a timely reset for me to just to kind of like, all right, girl. And so I moved back to Chicago in August. And, you know, that I took that month. I wasn't on social media. I just took that month for myself. And I was just like, all right, rest. Cause you've been running. I like, and what you'll find from people who live in New York, who have lived in New York, it is a rat race, literally and figuratively. Like, yeah. Constantly on a hamster wheel. So I will never forget getting off the plane at Midway and feeling like I could breathe for the first time in like two years. I was like, okay, well, this is what breath feels like. This is what, you know, not feeling anxious feels like. This is what not being stressed and not having to always grind all the time feels like. And so now, you know, almost three months later, I, I, I feel very good about that decision. I, I'm I'm proud of myself for just t- having the courage to take the step because I could still I could be talking to you from New York right now and low key be being miserable. That wouldn't you know help me. That would help the people around me. And right. I had to be able to to make that decision and be like, all right, what's going to be the best for me? What's going to you know benefit me? But also what's going to benefit you know my loved ones and making sure that they know that I'm okay. And, and I'm, you know, being my best self and I'm thriving. And so it's, it's those really, it's, it's really just paying attention to kind of signs and, and really being like, okay, the, this is not, these things are not like other things. This isn't making sense. If it's the job situation, it's the job. And then you, you really take the, the liberty to be like, all right, I'm going to leave this because it's not a healthy situation. And I think for me, it was just like, I knew the last job I had wasn't healthy. The work environment was not, it wasn't pushing me to be my best self. And I, I felt stressed and I, I felt overworked at times. And I was like, yeah, fam, this, this isn't it. So, you know, long story short, basically just trusting myself. I've had to, you know, really learn to be like, all right, Chaz, we got to go. And and being okay with you know with with making that making that step, all of that has happened, and now you're in Chicago, and you're yep. breathing, and you're giving yourself grace and mm-hmm. space. What do you want to do now? What do you want to do with wine with Chaz? What do you want to do career wise? What do these kind of immediate next steps look like for you? Right now, for me, it's like becoming you know, doing the best that I can at this job that I'm at right now, um, really becoming a, a better writer and journalist and, and a better, because a lot of what I do is content marketing. So becoming a better content marketer, becoming smarter about how to tell stories, you know, how to use words to get people to act. That's the immediate, like that through through the rest of this year is like focusing on being good and, and doing well at this job. As far as, you know, my wine career, because I'm just going to go ahead and say that's what this is with Wine with Chaz, because there's so much other people want me to do. They're like, yo, you should like, 
do videos. You should like open up a wine bar, which is a, you know, I do want to ultimately open up a wine shop and a wine bar. But for right now, I think what I'm doing is using what I have to create opportunities that will get me there. So, you know, being able to write for different outlets and that in and of itself has, you know, being consistent with that. I realized like when you are consistent with certain things, like people start to notice that and it'll open doors. And like I said earlier, I am actually on my, I'm going to be going to France tomorrow for my first wine press trip. Like never had I imagined that somebody be like, yo, come, you know, see this wine estate in another country and write about it. Huh? That is so exciting. It's crazy. Like I, two years ago, had you had told me that my writing would have been able to, you know, push me in this direction. And now it's kind of like, it's opening my eyes a little bit more like, okay, maybe this could be like, you know, this is definitely going to be a thing, like continuing to write. Like, I feel like I'm going to write for the rest of my life where, but, you know, being able to really hone in on writing about wine from a cultural perspective. Like I'm going to be a thousand percent honest with you. The wine that I've come to love has really been wines of like Latin America and Spanish wines. And I used to work at Grand Capa wine shop over in Shaw before I moved up to New York. And so you know, being in that culture, it's like, oh, that's, this is the best wine in the world. So when they were like, yo, we want, we want you to come to France. I'm like, I really, you know, French wine, mm, that's not really my forte. So it's, it's allowing me to step out of my comfort zone. And so I've never been to France before, very excited, a little nervous, but it's just because I decided to really get serious about writing about wine and really exploring this industry where it's not a lot of us, not a lot of black people. Yes, there are, you know, black owned wineries and black owned wines. And, you know, we're doing our thing in that regard, you know, stateside here in America, but overseas, it's not from my understanding right now, and I could be completely wrong, but it's not a lot of us who are traveling and writing about wine and really you know, submerging ourselves in this, in, in these different cultures. And so with Wine with Chaz, I want to create a platform where I'm giving people the, op- the opportunity to explore this industry, but not from a pretentious and stuffy way. It's like you can walk into Total Wine or Benny's or your local wine shop and find, you know, an affordable, delicious bottle of wine. And here's how to do it. So like just really using my writing as a, an educational tool to really just share with, you know, my people, you know, this is wine. And like for so long, we, we, it hasn't been a, a, an industry that, you know, we've seen ourselves in or, or really something we've explored. So just really a- allowing myself to, to be that catalyst, to, to encourage people to just, you know, try something new and, you know, explore different parts of the world, you know, in a wine bottle. So yeah, that's, that's kind of right now, just like being a full-time journalist at work, but also continuing this passion for wine writing and, and, and just becoming, I don't even really hope to be a small gay. People think that I am, I'm like, nah, fam, that's, you know, that's dedication, but really just to learn more about wine culture so I can share it with other people. That is so exciting. You know, I'm a beer girl, but I see all of your wine things and your beer things. So Mm -hmm. I think just in general, it's always 
exciting to see Black people, especially Black women, like show up in spaces where we're generally the minority, which I mean, in some ways we could say everywhere, but really in places where we already show up as consumers and wanting Mm -hmm. to see the other side of that work. Really honored to be able to talk to somebody who's making those moves in those spaces. So I am so glad that you took this time out to talk to me today. Tell the listeners where they can find you and keep up with you or check in with you online. I am on Instagram and Twitter at Chastity S. Cooper, C-H-A-S-I-T-Y-S-C-O-O-P-E-R, ChastityCooper.com, Wine with Chaz with an S.com. I'm really not on Facebook like that, but if you type in my name, I should pop up. But Twitter, Instagram, those two websites. If you have questions about wine, shoot me a note. I'm happy to you know, be a nerd and research. And I'm just here to help and really encourage people just to explore their palate, explore their tastes and you know, try things and, and just to learn and, and to constantly be a student of life. That's really what you know, I want to continue to push forward. Oh, so excited. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch soon. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, there's good news. We've got additional free resources for you to get clear on your small business finances. Subscribe to our bi-weekly newsletter by heading to littlefishaccounting.com slash subscribe and check us out on Instagram at littlefishaccounting.com.